Howdy folks, this is 5150 for Hacker Public Radio. I thought you might find it instructive for this episode if I told you about a problem I had with my home server a week or so back and uh, what, I, what I did to solve it. You may have heard me mention that I purchased a used rack server a couple years ago to help teach myself Linux server administration. It's an old HP DL-380G3 with dual single-core Xeons and 12 gig of RAM. In other words, it's, it's a P4 era system. It came with 275 gig SCSI drives in RAID 1, which I dedicated to the OS. The seller wanted more for additional internal SCSI drives, and those old server drives are limited to only 120 gigabyte anyway. I plugged in a PCIX SATA adapter, and connected a 750 gig drive externally and mounted it as my slash home. I moved the 2 gigabyte USB drive that it had on my Chumby over to the server as opposed to transferring the files. I really don't think I had enough room on the 750 gig drive anyway. And it shows up as under slash media slash USB zero. I installed Linux server 10.04, recently updated 12.04, and you may wonder why I used Ubuntu Server, but I found out CentOS, which I wanted to install, didn't support the RAID controller out of the box. Yeah, you could you, you could install the right packages and make it work, but I just took the easy way out. And I'd been frustrated at that time by uh, Debian Lenny on lack of support for up-to-date packages on the desktop, and I really didn't want to repeat that uh, with my server. So with 75 gigabytes dedicated to just the OS and application packages, you can imagine my surprise when, after an update and upgrade, I had a report that my slash boot was full. It was until I looked at the output from FDIS that I remembered that the Ubuntu installer created a separate partition for slash boot. At the risk of oversimplifying the purpose of slash boot, it is where your current and past kernel files are stored, as well as the configuration for grub. Unless the system removes older kernels, as most desktop systems seem to, the storage required slash boot will increase with every kernel upgrade. And if you're following along on the show notes, I've included my output in the DF file before calling the kernel. And the one, the one that you're looking at is third one from the bottom. <coughs> That's slash dev slash ccis slash c0d0p1. So that's the first partition on the hardware RAID array. And you can see that's dedicated to slash boot, or mounted, to sla mounted on slash boot. And I have 100% full zero free space available. And then below that in the show notes, I've included directory listing of files that are in slash boot and if you uh just read down read down through the numbers you can see i've got every kernel in there from 2.6.32-24 clear up to 3.2.0-31 
And I ran across some articles that suggested I could just use uname-r to identify my current, current running kernel. And that, uh, like I said, that was 3.2.0-31. There's some files in there for dash 32 but if you look they're not complete and i think that's what uh uh where it came off the rails it was trying it was trying to do a kernel update and ran out of room but i i found a few articles that suggested i just delete files that don't match that number that really didn't seem prudent i did a little further research and fortunately i found what seems to be a more elegant solution on upbuntu.com and links in the show notes but uh www.utter, yeah, up Ubuntu, not up Ubuntu. Let me just correct that in my show note, the dynamic process as we go along doing the podcast. Uh, www.upubuntu.com slash 2011 slash 11 slash how dash to dash remove dash unused dash old dash kernels dash on dot html. And apparently uh, the uh, html the name of the HTML file was based on the uh, title of the, well, the title that gave the file in, inside the document, and, the, and it must be truncated. Okay, uh, first step uh, from the articles, verify your running kernel. We already talked about that. Do uname-r. <coughs> and like we said, Linux will often keep older kernels so you can boot into an older version of Grub. And I mean, this is a fail-safe. You've probably seen that uh, when you boot into your desktop. There, There is a safe version. Sometimes it'll be older kernel versions on your Grub, and that's so if there's a Grub update, and all of a sudden nothing works, you can't get in, you can maybe try going back uh, to the previous kernel and see if that'll let you in, let you try to fix stuff. In fact, I found Fedora has environment variable, environment setting to let the OS, or to tell the OS just how many old kernels you want to maintain. And that's the line install only underscore limit, and it, it's located in slash etsy slash yum dot com. And if anybody knows of an al- analog for Debian Ubuntu, please, uh, <coughs> Uh, please add it to the comments for this episode, because I would really like to know. I looked for it, couldn't find anything. The reason for that is I would like, so I don't have to do this all the time, I would like to limit the server to two or three old kernel versions and have it do its own cleanup. I know about the... Uh, I, I, <coughs> I know about the uh, install-only limit. Excuse me. Thanks for bearing with me. Still, my uh, cold still with me. Where was I? Okay, Linux will keep older kernels. You can beat, so you can bolt in emergency, you can bolt boot into an older version of Grub, or from Grub, older kernel version from Grub. And like I said, I found out if Fedora has environment setting to, uh, you can set just how many old kernels you want to keep. And I'll mission to you on this. I'm, well, I'm running Fedora 15 still. I haven't had time to, to, uh, do the in place upgrade. And, uh, my my uh, laptop here, the one I'm actually working on right now, has Broadcom Wireless, and I tried to uh, compile the uh, driver for uh, for the wireless card. Didn't have much success, and then all of a sudden, boom, got a kernel update. It worked. This is right after I got the machine. So great, you know, uh, the wireless worked. Went on for a couple months like that. Boom, next kernel update, and everyone since then, uh, wireless doesn't work. So I've it's not not recommended, folks. I tell you that. Uh, I understand that, but I've been booting into an older version of the kernel where the wireless works. So I had to extend that 
uh, variable to a ridiculous amount to avoid having that uh, kernel that I can actually use uh, wiped out as the new ones come in. Uh, okay, so we've, we've used uname.arc to know what our current kernel is. And then next step is list the kernels currently installed on your system. And you can do that with the package space dash dash list space pipe space grep space linux dash image. So in other words, you're looking for packages that, ha that, in that include linux dash, uh, dash image. Those are your kernels. Well, one of the files associated, one of the files associated with your kernel. And when I looked at that, uh, that put in that, it was, Essentially, all those kernels that are in slash boot, they were still installed and in use. So the next step is to call all the kernels but the current one. And please, please, this command that I'm about to give you, don't type it in by listening to this podcast. Find the show notes on hackerpublicradio.org. Copy them verbatim. This worked for me. Uh, doing it this way, but it would be very, very easy to really mess up your system uh, doing it the wrong way, or by making a mistake in the in this command. Now, I'm not very good at reading regular expressions, but I could see what it was trying to do there. It, it, what it's doing is, again, it's, it's using the Linux image as a string to look for, and then right behind that, of course, is the kernel number. What it's doing is a comparison of the kernel number to the same number it's returned by uname-r. And so it's returning all of those Linux image files that do not match the current kernel version number. And it's running that through sudo aptitude purge. And so the command is sudo space aptitude space dash capital P space purge space tilde i Linux dash image dash backslash opening square bracket zero dash nine backslash closing square bracket backslash opening parentheses backslash bang character or exclamation point whichever you want to call it backtick and that is the one that's on the same key as the tilde the lowercase generally on a lot of keyboards you name space dash r backtick backslash closing parentheses and in that whole thing from the end of purge and then there's a space and there's no other spaces in the whole rest of it except in the uname dash r between the uname and the dash r of course <coughs> so it's you know it's tilde i and then linux right there it's not there's no space there and my uh, my particular contribution to this command is the dash capital P uh, after after aptitude because that will prompt you to confirm to take those actions. So if you if you look at what says it's going to purge and your current kernel version is in there, don't don't let it do it. Obviously. <coughs> Finally, the last step is make sure Grub reflects your changes. So uh, the next command would be sudo space update dash Grub two. And that just makes sure that what's in the grub configuration files kernels listed there matches what you actually have now on your system. And really, as it was going through the previous command, as it was going through and eliminating one kernel at a time, I, I could see it updating grub at the end of each of those steps. So I think this is just to make really, really sure everything everything is update. So I wouldn't eliminate this last step, but I think I think it's probably already all done for you at this point.
Now, this is, this was more than a week ago, and it's worth noting I still don't have that Dash 32 kernel update, so it may have told it, <coughs> well, once it tried to put in the, thir- the Dash 32, don't try it again. That, that may be a consequence. I may, I, I'm going to take a wait-and-see attitude, and if it never... If it doesn't ever seem to do a kernel update again, I'm going to have to you know, do something to kickstart it and get it updating kernels. And uh, if I find out I need to do that and find out what I have to do to make it do that, I'll add it to another podcast later. But uh, now, last few, last thing at the uh, at the end of the show notes, uh, I did a DF again and, and saved it. And my slash boot is now 14%. Of <coughs> 100%. And then below that, I have the output of a directory listing on my slash boot. And the only kernel files that you see in there are associated with 3.2.0-31. Okay, like I said, this, is, this worked for me. Work seemed to work really well. I uh, am not usually a fan of running a command with a whole bunch of regular expressions without understanding exactly what it was it was going to do the system, but I thought with the dash P, I I was fairly safe. Turns out it was, so if you've got a Debian or Ubuntu server, because I don't think you're going to run into this on a desktop unless you've created a slash boot, though you may want to look in there. It may may be filling up with a bunch of kernels. Um, worked for work for me. Uh, your your mileage may vary in buyer beware and all that. So this has been fifty one fifty for Hacker Public Radio. Have a great day. You can contact me at fifty one fifty at linuxbasement.com. You can uh, find my other contact information at thebigredswitch.drupalgarden.com. And stay happy till we see each other next time. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.